This past week, I read about a little boy who was acting up like Colton Naylor in the morning service one morning. Amen. Anyway, his parents were trying to do their best to uh, kind of get things in an orderly fashion in their pew, but it was clear that they were losing the battle. So finally, the dad just got upset. He picked up the little boy, and he walked sternly down the aisle headed for the door. And just before reaching the safety of the foyer, the little boy cried out loudly to the congregation, Pray for me! Pray for me! Amen. He knew what was coming, praise God. But let me ask you a question. Do we believe in the power of prayer? Do we really believe in the power of prayer? You see, often we say we do, but it seems like we only believe in prayer in times of emergency. Many people only pray when they're confronted with something extremely difficult or beyond their ability to handle it in their life. I read about the members of one family who came to the funeral home early. They wanted some private time with their deceased husband and father. But upon viewing her deceased husband, the wife broke down and began to cry uncontrollably. After a few moments, she regained her composure and she said out loud, would somebody please pray? Had you been there, what would you have done? It's just amazing to me what coming into the presence of God can do for the believer. It seems to me that coming into the presence of God just has this incredible calming effect. And that's why we pray when we're going through hard times. Man, we're looking for that peace and that calming effect. And that should tell us something about prayer. That should tell us something about the power of prayer. It should tell us that you and I, as believers, as children of God, we need more time. More time with God. More time in God's presence in order to calm us down and bring us comfort when we need it. Especially when we're living in such a chaotic world uh, these days. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul addressed this exact thing by saying, Be anxious for nothing. Don't you worry about anything, Paul said. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, prayer and praying for others, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friend, if you need peace, if you need comfort, if you need help to deal with a tragedy, you need God. Amen. You don't need help from some human. You need help from God to help you cope. 
But why pray? Why pray? Well, we know that in prayer, we humble ourselves before our maker. We humble ourselves before our king. We humble ourselves before our God. And we come to him and we admit our need. We admit that we are helpless without him. And we admit that we desperately, desperately need him. We need his strength. We need his help. We need his blessing. We need his grace. We need his mercy. We need our God. We need God in all those things and in many more. But friend, would you agree with me as a believer in Christ Jesus that we should want God to hear our prayers in every area of life? And not just during the times of crisis. Amen? Every area. Not just the times of tragedy. Not just the difficult times. So how can we know that God will hear our prayers? Well, King David of Israel wrote the fifth psalm. And in that psalm, I believe that he provides for us five ways that you and I can know that God will hear our prayers. And the Bible's in front of you on page 482. 482 in Psalm 5, I want to share with you the word of God through David. In Psalm 5 verse 1, David writes, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation or my prayer. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. Nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate the workers of iniquity. You shall destroy all those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors or hates the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Verse 7, but as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your Holy Spirit, through your, toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O Lord. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against you. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as a shield. The first way that you can know that God will hear your prayers is, is, is if you ask. Amen? If you ask and ask early. Notice what verse 3 says there. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct it to you and look up. 
Friend, does your God, does your Lord hear your voice every morning? He should. Amen. I pray that he does. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, we read that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The goal of the Christian life is to become more like Christ. And if the Son of God made one-on-one -on -one time with the Father early in the morning a priority, then how much more should we get our lazy tails out of bed and converse with our Father early in the morning? Christian author John Bunyan wrote this. He said, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him throughout the rest of the day. Man, if that's true, you and I better start learning to, to pray first thing in the morning. I've always found that my day goes better when I start it with prayer. I found that I'm more alert to God's presence in my day when I begin it with prayer. I have found that I have a greater desire to align my plans with God's will when I begin it with prayer. But Bunyan also wrote, he said, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can't do more than prayer until you've prayed. Until you've prayed. You see, prayer develops our faith in God. Prayer develops our strength to persevere the hard times. Prayer develops our understanding of God's will as we see it unfolding in our life. Prayer develops our awareness, listen, of why we're here. Prayer. Conversing with the Father. So with all that prayer can do in your life, why would you not want to pray first thing? It makes no sense. I mentioned last week that I'm not big on poetry. But man, I found some this week that are really, really spot on. Listen to this one. I got up early one morning and I rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish, I couldn't find time to pray. Troubles tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I tried to come into God's presence. I tried all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly warned me, why, child, you didn't knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but my whole day seemed gray and bleak. So I called on the Lord for the reason. He said, my child, you didn't seek. So, I woke up early this morning, and I paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Friend, I want to encourage you today to ask early, to seek early, to knock early and often throughout your day. Because in doing so, you are following the instruction of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Where Jesus says, 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you for everyone. Say everyone. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I read about Christian author C.S. Lewis writing, The moment that you wake up, every morning, all your hopes rush at you like a wild animal. But your first job as a believer in Christ Jesus ought to be to push back and to listen to God's voice. To take in God's point of view. To let God who is larger, stronger, and wiser come flowing into your life so you can deal with all that. And friend, that is exactly what can happen when you devote time to God first thing. I want to encourage you in that. Today, we ought to pray about everything and expect God to hear our prayers. But not only in the morning, but all day long, we should stay in the spirit of prayer. Throughout our day, we ought to live in the spirit of prayer. Pray when you rise up. Pray when you walk. Pray when you drive. Pray when you get to work. Pray before you eat. Pray before you hit the sack at night. Pray continually without ceasing. Because when you live in the spirit of prayer, our Father hears His children and the answers always come. They always come. They may not be your answers, but God always answers the prayers of His children. And isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want our prayers to be answered? Well, friend, listen, if you do, if you want your prayers to be answered and you want God to hear your prayers... Ask early and ask often throughout your day. But another way that we can know that God hears our prayers is to hate evil. Look at verse 4 back in Psalm 5. David says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate the workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man. So, if God hates evil, how should we feel about it? We should hate it just the same. Romans 12, 9, the Bible says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Hate what is evil and cling to what's good. On August 13th, 2011, a father of three was charged with first degree murder in the case of Brianna Rodriguez, a three year old little girl who went missing August the 6th while riding her pink bicycle. Sean Morgan, age 43, told authorities this. He said it felt like it took an hour for that little girl to die as he suffocated her with a white trash bag. You heard this week about Danilo Cavalcante. That man convicted of murdering his girlfriend 
by stabbing her 38 times with a screwdriver in front of her two children and then escaping from jail and staying on the lam for about 14 days. They caught him. And I pray he never sees the light of day. But my point is this. When you hear stories like that, how can you not hate evil? How can you not hate evil? I mean, if we don't hate evil, how can we love what's good? And of course, we're to hate all kinds of evil. You know, even the evil that sometimes we find in ourselves. Amen? Amen? But I think the bottom line behind this whole point is this. God wants us to have his heart. We are to have the heart of God. And if we love and encourage good while hating and taking a stand against evil, it seems the more that we do that, the more God hears our prayers. But if we don't shun evil, if we don't abhor evil like God hates evil, the Bible's clear. He will not answer our prayers. In Isaiah 59 verse 2, Isaiah wrote to God's people. Listen to this, y'all. He wrote to God's people and he said, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden your face from him so that he will not hear you. God hates evil. And we're called to hate evil. So if you want God to hear and answer prayer, you got to seek his face early and often. But we also have to hate all forms of evil, even the evil we find in the mirror. But another way to know that God hears is to seek mercy. Take a look there in verse 7. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. Friend, it's only by God's mercy that we can come into God's presence now. It's only by God's mercy that we're going to be able to come into his presence eternally in heaven. It's all about his mercy. Everything that you have, everything that you have received is by the grace and mercy of God. It's by mercy that we live. It's by mercy that we breathe. And that means that you and I, as children of God, ought to be showing mercy to other people. Let us be believers who show mercy to others. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. For they shall be shown mercy. Friend, if you don't treat others right, how can you expect God to treat you right and answer your prayer? Here's another poem for you. And I want to share this very slowly. And I want you to let these words sink into your soul. I knelt to pray when the day was done. And I prayed, oh Lord, bless everyone. Lift from every saddened heart the pain and let the sick be well again. And then I woke another day and I carelessly went upon my own way. The whole day long I didn't try to wipe a tear from any eye. I did not try to share the load of any brother on the road. I did not even go to see that sick man just next door to me. Yet once again, when the day was done, I prayed, oh Lord, bless everyone. 
But as I prayed, into my ear, there came a voice that whispered clear, Pause, hypocrite. Pause, hypocrite, before you pray. Whom have you tried to bless today? God's sweetest blessings always go by hands who serve him here below. And then I hid my face and cried, forgive me, God, for I have lied. But let me live just one more day and I will live the way I pray. If we want God to hear and answer our prayers, you got to ask early and often. Hate all kinds of evil, even the evil you find in yourself. And show mercy. The mercy that you and I have received from God. Show that mercy to others. But another way that you can know that God will hear you is when you're living right. Look in verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Did you know that as a Christian, every one of us are called to be a minister? It ain't just the pastor's job. We're all called to be a minister. All of us should be ministering the goodness of God. Every one of us should be ministering the life-giving message of Jesus Christ to other people. But we should also be ministering by example. We also should be ministering by the way we live. I read that as Christians, we are called to receive blessings from above and then scatter them down here below. That makes good sense to me. And one way that you and I can bless others on a regular basis is by living right down here before everyone that we know. But we got to receive that blessing. we got to receive that blessing from God first. Therefore, we need to ask like David asked and say, Lord, lead me. Lead me in your righteousness. See, when you daily pray to live in the presence of God, how can you not live right? When you daily pray to live in the presence of God, how can you not want to at least want to live right? How can you at least not want to try to live right? Friend, I, I think we ought to pray that we would be right. Pray that we would live right in this world that we're in. Because if we don't live right, how can we be uh, effectively reaching the lost? They say, if they can say, I'm already doing what you're doing, how can we reach the lost? And if we don't live right, how can we expect God to hear our prayers? In Psalm 66, the Bible says, if I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Friend, if we want God to hear our prayers, ask early, hate evil, show mercy, but you gotta live right. You gotta live right. But we also must be joyful. Notice there in verse 11. 
but let all those rejoice. Rejoicing is just a word that says, hey, show everybody your joy. Rejoice who you put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you have defended them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. Having an intimate relationship with God, one that's ongoing and growing, should give the Christian ample reason for us to shout for joy. We ought to be shouting for joy because of the relationship we enjoy. Knowing that we can go to God anytime we choose. Any time of the day or night, you can go to God. That ought to bring us joy unspeakable. All day long, verbally, silently, God permits us to go to him and speak to him. Man, anytime we can go to God, we can ask for his wisdom, we can ask for his understanding, we can ask for his strength. Therefore, I think we ought to be asking and receiving all day long. We shouldn't be able to get enough of our, of our God. And believe me when I tell you this. When you do that, it will bring great joy to your life. It's called praying without ceasing. It's called being in constant fellowship with the Lord. It's called walking, living, and being led by the Spirit of God in everything you do. And when you're in the habit of thanking God for everything you've received, when you're in the habit of asking God for everything that you need, here's what the end result is. Joy in your life. Joy in your life. See, we don't pray this way out of obedience to some rule. We don't pray this way because that's what we're told to do. We do it because we want to stay in constant fellowship with God. It's just what a child does. He stays in conversation with his father. I mean, the thought of God being ever-present, full of kindness, overflowing love, wanting to hear from his kids. Man, that should bring joy in our life. There's just something awesome about being in constant touch with God. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And just like David said, let those who love your name be joyful in you. So to pray, so that God will hear, we got to strive in the spirit to seek him and ask him early to hate evil while showing mercy. He will hear when we're living right and when we're living joyfully. The other day, I was watching Janet eating her dinner. And we have, a little, we have a little white dog. And the dog was parked right at her feet. And every little morsel of food that Janet ate, that dog just watched it. Didn't he? He watched her so intently, hoping that he might get just one little morsel of food. I thought to myself, what if I could pray to my master the way old Twink watches his master? Man, that'd be the way to pray. That'd be the kind of focus that we need. Focusing intently 
on our master, hoping that he alone will provide what we want and what we need. And friends, listen, that's the only way we're going to survive this world. That's the only way that we're going to be effective as the Lord's disciples is for us to zero in on the Lord. For us to be laser focused on Jesus and what his purpose is for our life. And in so doing, you'll be able to live out that old hymn that kind of goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Today, I'm praying that you will desire to have this open channel of prayer with your Father in heaven. I pray that by coming and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll have that channel. That you'll be laser focused on what God wants you to do. Paul wrote to the Roman believers, quoting the prophet Joel, he said, Whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. And Paul went on to say, for whoever believes on him, believes in Jesus, will not be put to shame. You desire this kind of prayer life? Ask early. Hate evil. Show mercy. Live right and be joyful. According to Psalm 5, that's exactly how we can know that God will hear our prayers. Let me pray for you today. Father God, we praise you and thank you that you even want to hear from us. Because Lord, while I can't speak for my brothers and sisters here today, I can speak for myself. And I know that I still wrestle with the flesh. I still wrestle with sin. And that you would even want to Our Savior, your only begotten Son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. And our God, Jesus. Amen. Amen.